Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 34 of Two Years Away. I am extremely happy to announce that uh, due to both of us being vaccinated, this is our first in-person podcast in well over a year. And Steve, doesn't it feel great? Oh, I have ne- never been here. Literally never. Wow. That makes what I was going to say just sound really shitty. So let's go with that. Go with that. Steve has never been happier. We are back in person. It feels great. And man, do a lot to talk about. about. Yeah, I know. The season kind of kind of sun sun starting to set and it's it's about uh, about time time playoffs to get started here here coming up yeah and, and we're gonna get into a, into a lot of that um and especially it is it is weird to think about, about uh, the 70 game season this year which i had totally forgotten about until right now so uh before we do all, all that uh it is it is time uh to run to run the, the damn ball. so steve before we get to it uh how, how have you been running the ball recently yeah i feel like i may have like talked about this a lot before or um, as as I'm getting older, I found myself buying, buying a lot more uh, like ethic tape and, and mm. limb braces, like 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 inkses, you, you know, RNs kind of things, things like that. Um, and and really, you know, uh, uh, kind of like every like everything on the show, it's not none of that stuff, stuff's glamorous, but it's just kind of, just kind of what you need to get through um, any sort sort of ethic thing that you try you try to do as you get older you need to, you need to have all precautions out there um, you know kind of kind of similar to, you know in football team you know you know they might get out there and they're in the big skin around with those veteran teams you know they just need to run the damn ball bro couldn't 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 have said better myself um you know, personal, personal, it's 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 been uh, you know an interesting couple of weeks. I've I've got my second set of finals finals up. Um, um, so I, I I don't know, I don't know, man. It's just been like, like it's 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 been hard to establish establish out base. I, I feel like now it's it's you know getting getting into swing at the finals. Classes are most over, and it's it's just time to hunker down for, down for eight, eight or so hour day and just kind of kind of pound through it. So it's it's an unsteady one one, but you get to the zone eventually. Like, yeah. Oh boy. This is why I don't. I don't. This is why I don't work for a, for a fall podcast. That being said, uh, as we have mentioned, the the NBA season is is winding down, and um, with that, that means it's time to start start thinking about awards, and we'll have our kind of full 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 blown own, uh, awards end of end of season podcast after season ends. Obviously, um, um, I feel like a lot of things have been shaken up recently, in, in the uh, MVP. Ranks and I, th- I think it's it, now a good time um, with the playoff picture start your starting shape uh, and slide and sofi um, that we kind of talk about how MVP is gonna is gonna go and I feel like most of the, most most of this have been been kind of been done this whole year. I think a good place place to start right now is if the Warriors make the make the plus are we giving this to Steph? Steph? I mean, not I don't have an MVP, MVP but but uh, is is going to Steph Curry? Like, can can you deny like if the Warriors make the playoffs, there a world in which in which he doesn't. Oh, I mean, yes, yes. I, I'll start off with that. But I think like, the interesting thing about um, the journey of like a, like a regular season is that, that players players go go on hot streaks, and the great great ones go on extended ended hot streaks that really just just make you, uh, you know, when when there there be a two week period where a player's lights out, and for that two weeks weeks we hear about is is this guy this guy the MVP. Um, and I think we're going through one on with Steph right now. Um, it's it's unique because 
this is the second one that he's had this season. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also unique in... in uh, um, well, I guess two other reasons. A, like a lot of people predicted that he was going to have like a breakout season this year once the, once the news of Clay not coming back this year was was well known. Um, just based based on how the Warriors were, you know were, were structured, um, but I think it just that out, out, the consensus is that that you know, Curry's, Curry's kind of not past time, but like like he's you wouldn't you would expect it you would maybe would maybe thoughts would have been like likely three or four years years ago, but at age thirty three, it's all the more impressive. But I think even just forget about Curry for for a second. I mean, you can go back back and look at at you know years years past. I, mean, I I go back to like. Some of the the runs that Mari Stoudemire had, had, like that one year when he was when he was there was like a twenty a twenty five period where he was, um, um you know, the, on a godly level of how he played. But then then he kind of did, and he didn't win the NBA that year. Um, and I feel like you know we've seen seen it at a time Dame too too you know recently where he'll go on these stretches where he'll score like forty a game game or you know seven to ten games and you know there's all this MVP talk, talk but then he comes back down to earth. Um, for Steph to have to have it twice, this two separate ones like that, like that is uh, um, insane to me. Yeah, I don't. I don't there's a better word to describe. I mean, it's it's. It, I don't. I I don't think I would have ever thought thought at the beginning of the year that the Warriors would point at television when 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 they watch games. But like, like yeah, it's it's absurd, and it's even more more by the fact that I mean, he, I mean, he's who's the second best player on that team? Or, sorry, sorry, Andrew Wiggins is the second best player on that team. Who's the third on that team? Uh, I'll t- tell you who's not, and that's John Green. It, it might be. Draymond's actually, actually having a pretty good year this year. Um, and, and, yeah, but, like, like the fact that we have to kind of think of, think of that, and, I mean, the Warriors, the Warriors still have a, a lot of work to do. Let's not, let's not, kind of, let's, let's not invite that this means... Well, that, it, okay, it depends, depends what you, what you mean, like, the playoffs, because, like, you're going to get it in the playoffs. I mean, I mean, right. I mean, playoffs, playoffs. Well, but, like, the thing is, if they, if they don't get a final eight, eight, does that mean that he's not the MVP? I, I don't know that... that sure, I, I, more the, I meant more, more along with, like, the Warriors still have a whole lot of do to, to, make, to, like, get to that final eight, not, not in terms of, of stuff. Sure. I think as long as they're... they're Relevant and and in that plan turn tournament, I think got a a, a pretty solid. Ace. I think the, I think, the, but, but this conversation isn't isn't all it's about Steph. R- R- yeah, because he's he's just one kind of uh, chess piece in the the rest of this that's going on. I think you know it kind of with with LeBron uh, with LeBron's like kind of health issues this year. It, it really is Jokic and Embiid, Embiid are the the two other guys you talk about, but Embiid's you know. His health is kind of falling back from where he was at the beginning beginning of the year, and and I think we need to talk talk about Nikola too because because he's not going to do what Curry does from like flashiness standpoint. I mean his his numbers is insane. Yeah, no, I I mean if if the season was stopped right now, he'd be be he'd be MVP. No question, no question asked. I mean, what he's doing, especially like I mean, uh, 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 I mean, positions in the NBA are are kind of kind of whatever his point, but the last time a big big guy won. MVP is a long time ago, um, so yeah, I think I think considering how much you know what he means means to that offense, that team, that team in general, how he's, I mean, he's been a perennial All Star for years now, but but when you look at at what he, how he's been able to really distance himself this year, it's it's crazy, and I feel like like we're seeing, I feel like like last year year uh, we'd see a lot of game, a lot of game. He's still impacting the game a lot. He's only scoring scoring points because he's only taking four shots a game or whatever you you know or not you know he's takes taking less than 10 shots a game 
and given the amount of offense, offense talent does, that's fine, but but you're not winning an MVP with enough passive games like that. Like that. He's really cut down on those this, this year. Um, not that I have an official cut, but just looking at, looking, looking, kind of watching those games, he is so much more. And even when he's not scoring 25 points, he's, you know, he's still getting a, getting a triple double assists like crazy. Yeah, I mean, he's so 26 points, 11 assists. I'm sorry, 11, 11 points, 8.7 assists this year on 57 in first shooting. That's so, wild. I mean, see, the front to back, he's had the best full season. And he's doing out missing many games so far. So, well, well, but I think it's also like it's it's the style that he plays. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't play a, a style that's conducive to, you know, um, agile, quick movement. Like right. you know, he's he is a. It, it's it's similar to how Doncic plays, honestly, in that like it's all feel and touch and basketball IQ on top of an immense like skill set. Yeah, and um, I mean, in a way that I think hurts him, you know, with his wow factor. Yeah. Um, because you know he just kind of he's a burly guy. He gets up there, you know he'll he'll he waddles the ball across half court, mm-hmm. you know, and he everything he gets is in the flow of the offense, uh, which is I think some of that potentially has problems for how we think about Denver's ability to score in the playoffs when they need to. Sure, but for the regular season MVP, and I mean honestly, this this like this um, transitions like perfectly to what we always talk about with Denver. A team that always overachieves in yeah. the regular season relative to how good they truly are, um, and this might be the capstone of that. Honestly, if he wins it, it this year, it might. I mean, we also I, it's going to be hard to say this year. Like, let's let's say they end up in the two seed and end up with the seven seed Lakers, who have arrested LeBron and AD back. Like, that changes how we look at this Nuggets season, I think. But that's that's a different conversation, I know. But. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, there there is there is a lot to be said for kind of how we always talk about the Nuggets and and what they actually look like in the uh, in the postseason. I think also we need to talk, but like you know, I know that we're only talking really now about guys that probably have like a legit shot to win it. But I think there are some other guys that we need to talk about too, um, just as like people that maybe will finish in the top five. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to steal the transition into the next topic, but two guys on the top of my list are Dame and Julius Randle, who I really think like need to be in this conversation. Yeah, I agree. And I think, I think we're, I think we're going to kind of get into, to Randle in one of our next segments. So yeah, Dame, I mean, I think the, the, it's weird that I'm, I know it's weird that I'm going to say this, but it's basically like, we expect this sort of stuff from him at this point. And that, that I think hurts in terms of your, your factors for, um, your MVP case, right? Like, because he always has, it's not like he's dragging a bunch of, of nobodies like Steph is right now. And even if, even if we already do expect this from Steph, um, you know, he's not a guy taking a leap like we're seeing out of, out of Randall or Jokic or, or a guy that's finally staying healthy that hadn't before. But he's not on a team that's good enough to get a one seed. And that's also why that. never win it. Yeah, agreed. And it's, it's, it's not fair. Like, it really isn't. He, he, based on his play, he deserves at least one by now, I would say. And it, it won't happen, which sucks. I don't, I mean, like, saying you deserve, I mean, I don't know. I guess, like, Steve Nash did win an MVP. Um, and I feel like what you think Dame's going to do is a better player all time than Steve Nash. I think so. Maybe, probably. 
Yeah. Maybe? I don't know. Like, it's, it's like, the, it's those types of weird... Yeah. I, mean, I guess, but you could say the same thing, like, Derrick Rose on MVP. Right. So, you know, like, Dame's yeah. definitely... Dame has had a better career than Derrick yeah. Rose. So, maybe that argument doesn't work, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's just unfortunate that he ended in, ended up kind of in the same, in the same time as a, a you know, un... un like, not before seen well, talent I, I, of... I think the other thing, though, is that, like, point... So... <laughs> Point guards, I think, have a structural disadvantage when it comes to MVP races as well, just because of the the ways that they can impact a game. I think are more limited. Mm-hmm. You'd rather be like really good at uh, assists or like really good at scoring, but you're not gonna impact the game as much on the defensive end unless you're like the top defensive point guard in the right. NBA, or and you're not gonna like rebound. And so that I think hurts you in comparison. I mean, to other players. I think it. You know, you look at like like Jason Kidd never won an MVP. And he's pretty much as well-rounded of a point guard as you could kind of hope for on both sides of the ball. So, yeah, that's a good, that's a, that's an excellent point. Um, all right, before we, before we, I think, talk ourselves out of every single player in the league winning the MVP, I think it's time to move on. And um, all I have for the title of this next segment in my notes is the Knicks are good with six question marks after it. Um, yeah. Yeah, they're legit. They're the fourth seed in the East right now, and they're playing some of their best basketball of the season. I mean, they've they've won holy shit. One, two, three, four, five. They've won nine in a row against you know, not terrible competition. Um and they're doing it convincingly. So I, I think you know, we we should start talking about a Knicks team that has home court advantage in the first round since for the first time and has made the playoffs in the first time since two thousand twelve. Yeah, I mean I think it's important to not be prisoners of the moment here, but, um, you know, appreciate, uh, also like appreciate and recognize accomplishment as well. And I think like, look, um, some things have gone right to allow this to happen. Oh, of course. And I think like the, the Celtics, uh, underachieving have helped. Um, Toronto was not as good as people thought they were. Miami has, you know, underachieved a little bit. And the Hawks are figuring it out in the post-Lloyd Pierce era, mm-hmm. but they've underachieved, I think, in the grand scheme of things. And so that left a, a vacuum, and the Knicks have been the one team to occupy it. When, like, in years past, I feel like it was, like, Indiana. Indiana, yep. Occupied that space. Um, so I think that's just something to keep in mind for context. But sure. But um, I, I think I think just like pushing back on that real quick, like all these other teams have had the same number of opportunities and haven't gotten it done. So I think you know right. Well, and that's I think we've now for years now on this podcast we're always trying to figure out who that like. There's always like a team that needs to steal the seventh or eighth seed in the East, and somehow it's always the Frank Vogel at Orlando Magic. But uh, <sighs> like there's the the Knicks have finally like done it where mm-hmm. they've. Uh, I guess all it took was a, was a good coach uh, that you know focuses on on fundamentals. Um, I, I mean, Randall and Barrett are like literally leading the league in minutes. Yeah, but um, and I yeah, and I I guess it hasn't burned them yet. Well, it's only one year. It, well, not even yeah. one full year of it. Right, but I, that's um, why I said yeah. I think though, like you know, people also pay attention to like this a snapshot in time when they look at the standings. The Knicks could lose two games and, like, drop all the way down right. to seventh now. So, like, I think we just need to calm down on that for a little bit. But, like, 
I would be the first person to tell you that the league is a lot more fun, you know, like with the the Knicks kind of being like hilariously good. Yeah. And have, you know, the goon of Thibodeau like as their coach and them like really having a team full of nobodies. They've kind of talked themselves into them having this like gritty blue collar team, even though that's the like least New York thing ever. Um, I think it's I funny. I think oh, it's wow, that's, I think that's it's uh I think it's funny and I think I would literally like pay so many dollars to watch a Knicks Hawks like four or five. Oh my god, yeah, that would, awesome. that would be a lot of fun. I, yeah, I mean I I don't know. I I, th- I feel like my my like earliest memories of the Knicks are like the Anthony Mason, Patrick Ewing teams that were like basically as gritty as you can be without starting fights like street fights every game. So I, I think there is that kind of ethos with, with the Knicks specifically that you don't necessarily see out of other New York teams. But, yeah, I mean, I, I'll, I'll put my hand up. That's, you know, I, I thought hiring Thibodeau was a really stupid idea. Um, and he wouldn't allow these guys to, like, be modern-day NBA players. And, I mean, I, I still think at a certain point you're going to get some form of regression to the mean with guys like R.J. Barrett who are, like, just playing above where they did. I mean, you know, RJ Barrett's still only 20 or whatever, but I mean, uh, you, you have, you have guys that are, are really buying into the system. And I, I don't know that I necessarily would have expected that. Um, well, from, but you also have to keep in mind, look at, look at Tibbs's track record in year one, wherever he's been. Yeah. It's really only gone downhill. Yeah. That's, that. and that's, that's, and, a, that's and a good so point. Context I, matters. I was going to say, I, that was going to be my next point. It's like, well, let's see what happens next year after all these guys have all these miles on them from this year. Um, and I mean, they're still kind of figuring out how they're going to build their rotation going forward. I think they, I think they have a decent amount of cap flexibility kind of in the next couple seasons to open up. But I mean, if you really believe that New York is the Mecca, like you could see them getting it, getting somebody. It only takes one. It really, it, yeah. get with the core of guys that can actually yeah. play. Yeah, it, it does. I mean, Mitchell Robinson will be healthy next year. Um, I mean, you can, you'll get rid of guys like Nito Aquino and Alfred Payton and, and, uh, you know, Emmanuel Quickly's looked good for like the five minutes a game. Tibbs lets him play, um, and you know they've got, yeah, like you know you get some of these these guys that were dead cap fillers like last year or two years ago off the books, and there's something there which is more than we've been able to say about the Knicks for a long time now. And and I I agree, like things are more fun when the teams in the big cities are good. Um, I mean I don't think we should be rushing to anoint them, you know, the the contenders in the East for years to come, but. It's and, at least and, a sign that things are turning around. Also, like a Knicks, either like a Knicks Philly round oh, two yeah. series or a Knicks Nets round two series. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of fun. So yeah, I think, but yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, the, and the, the biggest thing I think is, as we were kind of talking about earlier is, I mean, Julius Randle's playing at an all NBA level right now, I would say. Like, that's, I don't think that's super controversial, but I mean, I was high on him coming out of college and I kind of stuck with that for a couple years. Um... Lakers, Pelicans, like you could see it kind of coming, but not like this. I mean, I it, he made six threes two nights ago. Like, it, what the? F- it, it also just shows, man. Like, like you know, these guys that come out at nineteen, like you just you can't like you can't give it, up on them. It, like. it takes five or six years before you really know. I mean, some guys you see it immediately. Yeah, you know that they're they're going to be a superstar like Zion or you know, guys, but like even for the lower level guys who you can see get it 
uh, it takes them like three to four years yeah. before you know whether like and Jimmy Butler is like the perfect example yeah. of that. He's in like year what seven or eight of his career and nah ten. What yeah what what yeah. but like but just think about that like yeah he's no. he's he is like thirty yeah and it took him till then. To become a guy that could carry a team through a championship. Yeah, I mean, from it's, humble roots. And and it, I mean, not not to go too far down this rabbit hole, but I mean, it kind of speaks to the the fact that coaches and GMs have such a short leash that you kind of have to give up on some of these guys early in order to try and get better. Which is that's not it doesn't it doesn't make sense because it's not supposed to, right? That right. statement it does not make sense because it's not supposed to. Like you're kind of stuck in this eternal loop, and I think we're gonna see that. Like looking at if we look at the Grizzlies. Like, they're going to have a bunch of really hard decisions to make in, like, two years when a perennially perennially injured Jaron Jackson Jr. is up for an extension. And what do you do about Ja? And where's the rest of their supporting cast at? And so they're going to have to give up on somebody. Like, the money's not going to work to keep everybody. And it's it, it just happens, like, guys like Julius Randle, like, are a casualty of that. And they eventually kind of find it and, find it and figure it out, which is great. And I'm, I'm really happy. It's just... It's a weird aspect of this league because there's so much pressure on everybody to win right now, even though it's not remotely possible for 25 teams in this league. So you're saying the Grizzlies are two years away? I'm saying they might be. I'm saying they might be. Um, and obviously, I don't have their cap cap dollars memorized, but like that was just an example. Like guys, that, a team that has a lot of really exciting young talent just physically won't be able to keep all of it. So something something just interesting to monitor. But I think you know. The, the guys that can, the guys that learn and can play and are willing to put in the work, they'll figure it out and eventually get their chance. Um, but yeah, shout out, shout out to Julius Randle. It's been super fun watching him this year. Um, and with that, it is time for everybody's favorite. Actually, no, that's not everybody's favorite. It's our favorite segment, the centerpiece of this podcast. Well, I'm assuming it's everybody's that's listening. That's, favorite. Like, why else would you be listening to this? Well, for a segment that's later that everyone also loves. True. Um, but yeah, it is time for every, you know, the centerpiece of the podcast where we pay homage to the patron saint of the podcast, Jeff Supon, uh, with the Supon segment where we discuss any and everything average. Uh, so Steve, what do you got for us? Um, yeah, so I don't know how locked into social media you've been over the last 24 hours, but there's a story making headlines that really has grasped my attention, um, completely unrelated is it, to, to is basketball. It, is it the Bobcat guy? Uh, no, that was, that was, I feel like, uh, that's old news by now, right? That was like last week. That's fair. Um, so this dude in Italy, uh, did not, apparently... Oh, I heard, I saw about this. Hospital worker did not show up to work for 15 years. Um... Years. Years. years, Yeah. Yeah. You should emphasize that part. (laughs) Accumulated a salary upwards of like, uh, I think when converted, like $600,000 over those... Uh, 15 years and the best part of the the story so so not only did this guy like not show up to work for 15 years and still get paid but the the headline of all the stories about this says that the hospital is accusing him of not showing up to work for 15 years and stealing like over six hundred thousand dollars from them not that like they're firing him or that uh which i don't know what that says about the state of like employment law in italy but this guy I mean, talk about finding a yeah, way. The loophole. Yeah. About the, life is about the loopholes. This I, guy is a Supon Hall of Famer. 
Yeah, I. You know what? I I agree. I think I think we should induct that guy into the into the Hall of Fame. I will say, as a person that is currently learning about the law, they probably have to accuse him and go through the court process before it can be proven. Is is probably why it says accused. But yes, no, I I agree. That that guy belongs in. Not, I think he belongs in a lot of Hall of Fames, not just ours. I think ours is a good place, and I think we should send him a certificate. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, and I a, like that. And a free meal at Soup's Kitchen. Yes. Well, the Soup's Grill is closed. <laughs> so he can get all the free meals he wants. It just won't be from there. Um, I like that. I like that. Um, all right. So I, I, I am the recipient of a recent birthday. And I think that the most average thing is... So like on your birthday and, and in that month, Every single place you've ever signed up for their email list sends you like a happy birthday email or like, you know, it, depending on what it is, like I, I, this is a real thing I got. I got from Jimmy John's today because I'm on their email list, which is, as we've discussed ad nauseum, the most average food place ever. I object to that. Well, you're wrong. Um, but anyways, so they're like, ah, oh, free sandwich, like whatever. So it's like, it's funny seeing like what the nonprofits you signed up for, the whatever. But I think the best one I got was from like the insurance group that I, I get my renter's insurance from. And I, like my, my parents have their car insurance through there. So like, it's like, it's like a thing, but like, it's like happy birthday. I think the text of the email is like, happy birthday, may all your birthday wishes come true. And I'm like, I don't know if our wishes are aligned because they're probably like wanting me to buy more things. And I'm, you know. That's almost as have good as my dentist sending yeah. me a happy birthday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's exactly, it's exactly things like that. Where it's like, a lot of these things are very much appreciated. Friends are reaching out, family reaching out, like, you know, I'll, I'll take the free sandwich. Like, <laughs> but yeah, I, I just feel like getting a, getting birthday wishes from your like insurance agent. That's not even like, he's not even, he's just the guy that runs the, the like insurance group. He's not actually the guy that I work with when I need new renter, to re up my renter's insurance. So it's, Yeah. That that's great. It's just extremely average. I love just the the smorgasbord of emails. So, speaking of emails, if you'd like to send us one, or uh, you know, just to, to to pontificate about life, or to talk about things that are average, or just to tell us we're doing a great job, um, you you can do that uh, by reaching us at two years away pod at gmail .com. Um, We're also on Twitter at two underscore years underscore away, where I will try and be a little bit more more active after. My finals are over. Um, I really hope that uh, if, I, I did recommend the podcast to Ben Collins, who's a great NBC reporter. So if you're listening to this, that's awesome. Thank you. Uh, hope you like it. We tell, only accept positive reviews. I was going to say, yeah, tell your friends, but only if they like basketball. Um, and if you uh, would also just like to be nice and leave us a, a review, five stars on, on iTunes would be great. I don't think there's a rating system for Spotify, but uh, you know what? Just, just keep it on while you sleep. Just just replay play through all of our podcasts on, on silent or or not if you sleep with noise. Uh, yeah, we love we love being part of your dreams. We do, we do, and and it also just helps keeps our keep our streams up. So that's you know that's that's what really matters here. All right, um, with that in mind, on to the next topic. Um, so as as we've mentioned before, this is going to be the first year with the uh, the play in tournaments. Play in tournaments. Do we know how many? Is it is it the same system they used in the bubble last year? Okay, I, I'll give everyone a okay, thank how it you. works. Um, because uh, it, clearly, I think a lot of people are struggling with this because the NBA's had to put out like educational videos on, Have they really? on how this works. I did yeah. not know that. But they they do it with like you know guys wearing cool hats and stuff and like cool oh, background okay. music. So Sold. It's, like cool. Sold. As long as it's um, not those like 
weird dancing guys from the NCAA tournament, then, then I'm out on that. Uh, but anyways, continue. Hot take. So, okay, here's how it works. So the seven seed plays the eight seed um, in, in each conference. The, one game, one game. The winner of that game is crowned the seventh seed. The loser of that game uh, advances to play the winner of the ninth and tenth place playing game. Interesting. Um, so ninth and tenth place team play. Loser goes home. Winner advances to play the loser of the seven eight game. The winner of that game takes on the eighth seed. Um, and so it's a it's a mini tournament, a mini okay. kind of. Uh, so effectively, if you get the if you get a top eight seed, you can lose once and still make the big dance. If you're a nine or a ten seed, you have to win out. Okay, interesting. So yeah, I I mean I like that. I think you know as as always, it could use a little bit of refining. But you know the 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 point is there are more games. There's more money. Easy to kind of parse that out. Um, We've got some a lot of a lot of uh, interesting races here, and you know, I mean, you look at you look at the East right now. The Heat are in seventh place; they're eight back of, of the Sixers in first. And then the Hornets are two and a half games behind them. The Pacers are a game behind the Hornets, and the Wizards are are two back of the Pacers. And then you've got the Bulls and the Raptors a half game back of the Wizards. Um, so I think I think is it the the current seven through ten are those the teams you expect to see? Oh, I mean, I think I think actually the East is kind of more interesting than the West in this regard for like a couple of reasons. Yeah. A, like, uh, I think no one's no one's safe even through the four seed in the East. Like the Knicks could fall fall down into yeah. the into the seven seed, um, and so like you could have Boston playing in there. Um, so it's kind of like funny that like the Heat, the defending Eastern Conference champions, could like do all this work to get the seven yeah. seed and then be out in two games if like mm-hmm. they're not ready. Right. Um, uh, Charlotte's really like the interesting team there um, because they're kind of a wild card. Um, you know, depending on what like balls re- return status is, they they have like you know fun potential spoiler team written all over them. But the other fun part about the East is 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 like nine through I guess twelve mm-hmm. because all those teams are terrible. Indiana has kind of been comfortably in this thing the whole time, but they're not like. I they're think, really yeah, hurt. They're yeah, really they, hurt. They right could now. fall out of it. Yeah. Uh, like I'd love to see Beal and Westbrook like fighting for a playoff spot. You got the Bulls. You got the Raptors. Like it, this. This is. It's just gonna be funny. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I think. I think we'll see the Raptors, um, kind of go full tank mode and and kind of dr- remove themselves from contention at this point. I, but the, the thing they the might thing also about, accidentally that, no, but, end but, up. Okay. Just the sorry. thing. The thing we have to remind ourselves is look at the records of. Yeah. Those no. I teams. know. They're like not like. Whoever wins will probably only win like forty percent of their games the way out, and like they, like look at yeah. honestly like look at the Bulls' schedule like <laughs> the rest of the way. Like I don't know that they have four wins left on their schedule, but it might not matter because all the teams on there like have four hundred winning percentage anyway. So it's just hilarious. Oh holy um, shit! But uh, yikes! This is brutal for the Bulls. Well, yeah, because they they like. Screwed around at the beginning of the year and like yeah. lost to Oklahoma yeah. City and right, right, teams right. like Cleveland and stuff. So, yeah. but anyway, that's not what we're, that's not what we're talking about now. Uh, the West, I think, is is more interesting just because you have so many high profile teams. Yeah, like really, I think the 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 six seven race in the West is the most interesting because it's basically Dallas Portland and mm-hmm. like I mean, either of those teams I think are capable of making the Western Conference Finals, if not more. So like, 
that's an interesting subplot there. But the the storyline for tenth isn't as interesting in the West, in my opinion. Yeah, I think. I mean, with De'Aaron Fox going out for the rest of the season, that's breaking news as of tonight uh, on on Friday the twenty third. Uh, De'Aaron Fox is done for the year. The Kings are done. I you know they're already five out of the ten spot, um, and I think I think we'll see them end, enter next year with a new coach. Um, but yeah, I mean the warrior the Warriors are as, as kind of we've we've discussed are are hanging on to the ten spot right now. But you know they're one game back of the eight eight seed Grizzlies, and there there's really kind of anything that could happen outside of. I mean, even even outside of, outside of the top four, really. I think, you know, the Lakers will kind of depend on what happens with LeBron and AD. Um, I mean, AD returned to action last night. Uh, they gotta get him, they'll get him up to speed. They'll get LeBron back. Like, I don't think anybody is seriously worried about that team until they get, you know, the conference semis. Um, that, you know, I mean, unless they end up kind of playing. Yeah, the Lakers. Denver. The Lakers yeah, are yeah, are the Lakers, yeah, right, seven. right. You know, yeah. But so I think like yeah, you look at Dallas and, and Portland. I don't know that I agree that Portland is like a Western Conference contender at this point. But you know, nobody wants to play. No one wants to play Lord. In the uh, I I kind of I I do think they are, but I, I mean, think it's, we it's can, more yeah. more a function of but yeah yeah no, but like no one wants to see them in the first round. Right. I, I really yeah, thought you were going to say you did, and I was like, all right, well, you can you can go play one-on-five <laughs> against the Blazers and, and let me know how that goes. Um, you wouldn't come with me? No, I would, but you said you, so I just kind of figured it'd be a, a man-on-a-mission sort of thing, but I would I would happily go play against the Blazers two-on-five with you. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Brad. You're welcome. Um, but, but anyways, point like, yeah, so I, I think, I, and I mean, Dallas, like, Porzingis is kind of iffy on his health. Like, no one really knows. They, they Dallas has a real hard time playing against good defenses. Um, so, <laughs> not a good recipe. To not a great recipe, but like you know, they can they, they can beat up on, you know the the like if they played Denver in the first round, like I don't, I think they'd get a couple off Denver, Probably. like yeah, you know, especially with no Jamal Murray. So I I think yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of potential shake. I think there's more like top to bottom potential shakeups than in the East. Yeah, but, yeah, like, but I think that the seven through ten in the East will be more exciting. I think if. If I saw like a seven seed and a six seed get out of the first round in one of the two conferences, I'd pick the West. Yeah, oh, just no. because of how inverted because shit it is more there. of their teams are good. Well, and that, but also, okay, I want to say something uh, before we transition to the next topic. Yeah, I, I don't think this podcast has given enough respect to the Phoenix Suns this year. Yes, that um, is and correct. I just want to take a moment to give them respect. Yeah. So one hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. They've. I mean, I think. Even even when we talked about the, the Chris Paul trade, we were like, okay, this makes them better, but does that matter? I think that was kind of our, our line on them heading into the season. And, the, I mean, well, no shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but way more than we thought. A lot more impactful than that Trevor Ariza signing that they, <laughs> that they had a couple of years ago where we had we, the same We both said that that was the most important, or the most, that was the most underrated, I think, one yeah. of the summer. But, yeah, we were like, that. I remember we both we both talked about that one. But, yeah, I mean... And it's, it's not just Chris Paul. It's Devin Booker getting better. It's DeAndre Ayton getting better and also playing a full se- you know full season, so to speak. Um, Frank the Tank. Yes, always. Um, and, you know, it also... Campaign. Yeah, Cam Johnson. Hey, Cam Johnson's my guy. I love it. Don't hate on him. Campaign, though. No, but uh, and, and actually, they, 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 the Suns have actually been playing a lot smaller than, than we would have thought, kind of with a less traditional... You know, the Dario Saric getting back really helps... Um, 
and yeah, there's just it's a way more versatile team than we had potentially thought. And I think like, credit to credit to everyone in in uh, in Phoenix for for that happening. So we apologize. I apologize on behalf of you for not talking about Suns more. Um, and I think we that that brings us to uh, more of the West, I guess. Um, so the a couple couple like a week ago ish, Jamal Murray landed badly on his leg. He's had surgery. He's done for the year. What do we think of Denver's ceiling without Jamal Murray? We've talked about Jokic and how good he's been. And, you know, we talked about the Aaron Gordon trade last episode. And Michael Porter Jr. has really come come on. Um, and, you know, he's um, hitting, hitting, he's hitting, hitting a lot of shots. Maybe not the right kinds of shots. But, um, you know, the, the team is still good. It's obviously their ceiling is impacted without without Jamal Murray and having to play Facundo Campazzo a lot with Monte Morris hurt. Um, I, I mean, what's what is Denver's actual ceiling now? As oh geez, that's not good. Will Barton just got hurt. Um, anyways, assuming Will Barton is okay, what is their ceiling? <laughs> um, well, like it doesn't look good though. I, this this is a tough one, I think, because okay, a couple things you got to think about here. So, Jamal Murray is not the best player on Denver. I Correct. think we both, both agree with that. So, um, this, I think, kind of delves you into a question of, like, how much do secondary playmakers matter in crunch time in the playoffs? Um, like, uh, convention tells you, like, a lot, but Jokic is, like, a point forward right. in a way. So, like... Can he do some of the things that Murray did? Like, no, but like he's not gonna like take a guy yeah. off the dribble. Ball. Right. Like, as far as like initiating but, an offense, yeah. creating plays for others. Yes, I think the other thing is when you look at just uh, statistically, and when you look at like production out of individuals on their team versus last year, like Aaron Gordon kind of replaces some of the productivity yeah. that like Murray gave you last year. Not all of it, but. I think where this all comes back to is like, even with Murray, I don't know that anyone like thought that Gordon was enough to make them like a favorite. Sure. And so I don't like, I'm not picking, like, I wouldn't pick Denver to win at all without like, I don't know that this makes them like not a contender. Sure. But like, I don't like, I could see them still like making the Western Conference Finals without him. I think so. Yeah. So, okay. So I. I was I've basically been thinking about the first point you made for since you since you made it and you know we see obviously we see a lot of different things in the playoffs in the regular season we see better game planning because you're planning the same you're planning to play the same guy the same team seven times in a row you see the game slow down and I think now more than ever you see the importance of having a good lead guard just someone that can take care of the ball and and you're, you're I, I agree with your point about initiating the offense as a whole. Because that's and we've seen it. I mean, the the, the Nuggets are four zero without Murray right now. Like, obviously, that's not gonna hold up. But if if it does, okay, hand up, hand up. If they go undefeated the rest of the way and don't lose another game and win the finals, but like, you know, they're, they're, think the dynamics change in the playoffs. And well, Jokic, obviously, yeah, yeah. So the the offense will look roughly the same. But I think you need, you really do need someone to just take care of the ball. And I, especially with Morris is kind of out for an indeterminate amount of time right now. Composo's fine, but like, 
do you want him as your starting point guard in the playoffs? No. Um, so I think it lessens their ceiling. Like the, the floor is still very high. Like it would not shock me if they ended up in the finals, even without Murray. Like I expect them to be in the conference finals most likely. Okay. I might have to, re- I might have to revisit that based on how the, based on how the matchup, based on how the playoffs shake out. Like, Okay. It, it wouldn't surprise you. No, it would not surprise. It wouldn't surprise me to, to see them go to go to the conference finals. So, I. But I. Yeah, I think like you said, the expectations are 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 dampened a little bit. Um, and I am interested to see. I mean, yeah, like you said, Aaron Gordon picks up a lot of the slack that they didn't have last year. Porter Jr. is a lot better than he was last year. Um, but I just I I really do harp on that. I think if, if we've talked about this a lot in the past, like I just harp on the importance of guard play in the playoffs, just like I do in the NCAA tournament. And that aspect is missing to, to, to some degree. So unless you have any other thoughts, we can, we can transition. All right. It is time for the fan favorite. I think, I don't know. I, took, I need to take another informal poll. And by that, I mean, I have to call John Pearl 20 times and see if he ever answers John Pearl. We love you. Um, with that, it's time to fire a guy or a person or, you know, whoever. It's time for fire that guy. Uh, what do you got? Uh, I've wrestled over this because I was going to fire the entire Minnesota Twins defense the other day, the other day for um, losing a, like, 13-12 game to the A's with, like, two errors in the bottom of, like, the 11th. But okay. um, I learned I wouldn't something. have been any help on that one. <laughs> I learned something new today. That's good. Um, which makes me want to find one. So... Um, the NCAA, <laughs> which yeah, yeah, I guess I'm 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 uh, I'm jumping the the punchline here. The NCAA approved a rule change oh, for yeah. college football. Do you know what it is, Brett? Uh, well, it was like four of them, right? So there was that you have to go for two starting it's, every. It's that one. Yeah. It's that one. So we can just start that. Yeah. yeah. So basically, there's a stupid rule where um, NCAA is basically turning college football games into uh, soccer, where if if you get to three overtimes, it's now just going to turn into uh, whoever can get like. Two, well, it already two was. Points. It already was that. Now you have to start going for two in the second overtime. No, no, but literally, if you get to the third overtime, you run one play per overtime. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, so fuck like that. Like you, I did not. See, I totally missed that. They're just going to determine God, the, the who wins the game based on like you get to go for two. If you get it, then the other team has to match you, and then you're on to the next overtime. Yeah, that's terrible. Uh, I want to fire someone because like fire Mark Emmert, he deserves it. Yeah, honestly, um, yeah. So that's that's. I think the rule. That I think sucks. I, I think there was also a part of that rule where um, you there's a, they're they're trying to uh, decrease airtime for taunting and uh, like coaches out of the coaching box, whatever oh, that work. is. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. That that'll work. I think the I think the funniest the way the 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 blurb I saw on Twitter was written. Uh, yeah, the way the way I saw the way that I saw the blurb on Twitter written was that like they wanted to like it, it was very indeterminate as to what they were trying to do. So my 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 way of reading it, which is obviously not what they want, but I I choose to focus on the fact that they will have a dedicated they they, they might have a dedicated cameraman just for taunting. <laughs> like I think college football needs like I, I'll always remember uh, Brad Wing, the LSU punter. Yeah. I think it was against Florida or Tennessee. It was it was an SEC game. Where the LSU punter f- fake punt and ran it in from like sixty yards out. It was awesome. And he just and like at like the five yard line with no no within ten yards of him. 
like pointed pointed at someone, or like maybe it was the other team's bench, and or sideline or line or whatever. And it got it got taken. The touchdown got taken away for for Tom. And like, it isn't and like college football and college sports in general like in a microcosm? I don't I don't know what is. That's why we have the NBA to make us happy. It's true. It's true. Um, speaking of the NBA and making people happy, um, I want to fire basically everybody on NBA Twitter. Um, but like, like, but not like, not like Woj or Sean, like Sean, not, not, not the actual people whose job it is to go do this, but everyone who like logs on to Twitter that's like you or me to like argue about basketball and Woj's comments. Because it very much seems like none of them actually like basketball. They just like shit talking other players. Because it'll be like, it'll be like some dude with a LeBron avatar be like, yo, KD sucks. Like, uh, KD sucks. Like, KD objectively does not suck. KD is a really good basketball. Or like someone with like a like a Harden avatar. Like, uh, LeBron sucks. Like, uh. no. Like, we're watching one of the best eras of basketball ever right now. Like, top to bottom, the league is in a really, really good spot with a lot of really awesome and varied talent. And if, if I don't know if you can't if you can't appreciate that. Like it's it like like you know. There are players you don't like, but it's not like they suck. Like, if you can't just enjoy watching the NBA right now, then I think you should. And, and, you, are a bas- and you claim to be a basketball fan. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. You should be. Besides that, you should be fired. I do know what to tell you. You should be fired. How many people are uh, on, on those uh, forums are, are talking about freedom of movement rules? I don't think many of them are. <laughs> that's probably correct with the NBA right now. That's and that's that's well. There's a there's a big difference between a legitimate criticism <laughs> and just like yelling about people on Twitter. Like, so. Anyways, that's what I got. Okay. I think that's all for us tonight. Uh, we'll be we'll be back soon with with uh, a lot of a lot of play- playoffs. Um, and and you know hopefully Frank Vogel's Orlando Magic can get it together. We real I really need that game. We're gonna take a game off the game one off the nets. So, uh, until then, yeah. Well, well, Michael Carter Williams will reintroduce himself to the world when that happens. I can only wait. I can only wait. All right. Thank you. Thank you all for.